Welcome back to Dropped In. I am so excited to be here with you today and to share my very special guest as I even lean into the conversation of today. I am legit flooded with shivers. So I cannot wait to share my beautiful friend, Julie Costa, with you today. Julie, welcome to Dropped In. How are you doing? I am dropped in. I'm excited to be here. I love it. I love it. So my friends, I met Julie, I don't know how many years ago now, over three years ago, probably. Yeah, Yeah, over three. Yep. In a mastermind. Mm -hmm. And we both had the same coach and both leaned into, because we both had such a transformational experience working with her to further on our training and learning all things NLP and hypnotherapy and timeline therapy and emotional freedom technique and all the things. And then Julie went on to further her studies in the master practitioner and then went into just completing her trainers in NLP, hypnotherapy and all the things, which is so incredible. And I'm so excited for you to share all of the things that have come through for you as a result from leaning into this incredible modality. Honestly, I don't know where I would be today without NLP and subconscious reprogramming. Yeah. Yeah. So my life is very, very different because of it. Yeah. Yeah. So before we dive in, let me just share some of your great accolades with our beautiful community today. So from paralegal banking and personal training to being fired from a 10-year corporate career in business development and sales, what Julie thought was the biggest ego blow to happen to her ended up being the biggest blessing in disguise. Julie is now a certified master clinical hypnotherapist and subconscious success coach helping people transform their lives and businesses with hypnotherapy and subconscious reprogramming. In the beginning stages of starting her coaching business after being fired, Julie was on a constant roller coaster of not feeling good enough, questioning her worth, and doubting whether she could have achieved her business goals. Working on her mindset and incorporating personal development was always important. And incorporating subconscious reprogramming truly changed everything for her. You see, once you reprogram the limiting beliefs that hold you back, the sky is the limit. Because of her own experience and transformation with hypnotherapy and subconscious reprogramming, she became certified in neurolinguistic programming, emotional freedom technique, time techniques, clinical hypnotherapy, and subconscious success coaching so that she can support others in transforming their lives and businesses. And Julie, what I love about this, and it's so cool to have bear witness to your journey because I remember when we completed the practitioner level, I remember how you didn't feel confident in what you had learned. You didn't feel comfortable in sharing this because you felt like there was a block or that you weren't completely getting it. And I know for me, like I love watching your growth and expansion, especially on social media and just like 
I feel like you are so like you are a master of NLP and subconscious reprogramming from all that you share and that you truly integrated it and embody it. And now you've come into the space of having your own certification program. Like, let's hear your journey. Like, come on. Oh, my God. I'm laughing to be like, oh, I'm going to be teaching people this stuff now because I'm I'm laughing at what you just said. I remember going through practitioner training and the whole time I was like, what the F is this? I don't get it. What What is it? What is it? And mind you, at the same time, it's like full-time job. I also had the mindset that I needed to invest in every course, program, mastermind to grow my business. So this was like another thing added added into the mix. So like I had very, I felt like I had very limited time. Um, and I just wasn't allowing myself to like take anything. And I was like, I don't get this. And one, actually one of my big subconscious beliefs is like, I'm stupid. And so Mm -hmm. that was the belief that was coming up for me throughout the whole entire thing. And when I feel that way, especially when I'm in like virtual learning spaces with people and it seems like they're mastering it and they're getting it, then I kind of like cower and like be quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just like, I feel like I couldn't get it and it took time to integrate for sure. Like months after to continue practicing the tools myself. And then, um, I did say yes to master practitioner training. I don't know why, if I was feeling the way that I did, but I mean, the stars aligned. I was supposed to, I guess. Um, and the needs to even master practitioner training. I was still like, what the F is this? What am I learning? I feel mm-hmm. stupid. It's that continuous cycle that that just ended up happening. And then with trainers training, oh my God, the same things came up. I was like, I am so stupid. Like, there's no way I'm gonna retain all of this information. Who am I to put out a certification program and like teach all these people all these things? Um it's it's um it's been a wild ride. It's been a wild ride. I can imagine. And I can imagine a lot of the people listening can relate to that feeling of feeling quote unquote stupid Mm -hmm. and that we aren't retaining the information that's coming through. And perhaps we have old stories from maybe being in elementary school or high school or university or whatever. So what did you do to support yourself? Because it's no joke. Like I went on to do my master practitioner. I didn't go on to do my trainer. So Although that was a subconscious belief, like how did you continue to show up and move the needle forward and create a certification program? That's a really good question. Um, I did create hypnosis audios for myself, uh, subliminal audios for myself. So I was listening to those. And then during trainers, it was like an intense two weeks. So it was much shorter than practitioner and master practice, it was an intense two weeks. The the beauty of that is there was four of us and the three others were people I'd gone through all my trainings with. So like talk about just feeling so supported the whole time. Mm. And um, that if I had to do it any other way, I feel like it would have been so different. But it came down to like trust because they kept saying like, trust that you know it, trust that you know it. And I feel like I even learned more sub- like subconsciously about how we do retain information So there were like tips and tricks that they were teaching us about like when we were studying note cards, like how to study them so that come the day of the exam, which was like eight hours, six or eight hours, um, you may not know the question off the bat, but it would come to you because you would like remember and recall that knowledge that you studied. Wow. Yeah. So deep trust. Deep trust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. And so when does your certification program begin? That begins. So it, it's funny because it feels like it's been in the works for a while. Mm-hmm. I, at the end of master practitioner, I did not sign up for trainer's training because again, I left and I was like, why would I create a coaching certification program? Like, why would I do that? Um, so I did not. And then months came by and our coach, um, we actually happened to have the same birthday. And so on our birthday, a year ago now at this point, I messaged her and I was like, no, I I think I'm actually supposed to create a coaching certification program because so many people are asking me like how they can learn. Mm. And I joined then. And then in the spring, I just put it out to the world and like put it on pre-sale. I was like, okay, let's see who's interested. And then right off the bat, like so many women signed up. So I've had women in it, like signed up for it since June. And it starts next week. I don't know when this goes live, but February 1st. So wow. they've been in it June and it starts actually February 1st. How exciting. Really, really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It wow. starts next week. It's wild. And it just feels like it's happened. Like I love the I'm all about magnetism and it just feels like you've been a magnet for this. Like it, I know from like an outside perspective, it is obviously different, but yeah. it seems like people are like magnetized to you and are really jumping on board with the certification. Is that like yeah. how you feel? Oh yeah. No, they want, they want to learn. And like people have said to me on the side, cause I was heavy in like business coaching, business strategy before they were like, what? shifted because they're even like the way you show up and like your content is different. Like the way that you talk is different. Um, even like the way that you handle business or run business is run your business is different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they were just, they were interested and they're like, we want to learn these tools. That's incredible. It is honestly, it has been such a journey to see how you show up and honestly, just how you are leading your life. And you truly are the embodiment of your work. Like you can tell that it's not just something that you're doing. This is something that you integrate. And this is something that you apply into your day-to-day life, which is like the main thing that I preach is like, practice what you preach, embody what you teach. And you truly do. Like it's, it's, you are a testament to the work that you do. So. Hey, and I, I try to show people that because I think, I think it'd be weird if I was like, oh, like I'm offering these services, but I don't do any of these services myself, you know? Yeah. Um, but the impact that these like tools have had on me personally and professionally, like you just want to talk about them like mm-hmm. organically. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. If it's made an impact on your life, then like you just feel compelled to share it with other people. So absolutely. So excited. So for those listening, there is still time to join Anchored. They start, you start February 1st. So yeah. And even if it's after February 1st, I mean, like it's a kickoff call February 1st. Um, And then it goes till June, but already like there's so many learnings about what I will do different next Mm. time. You know, like you already have, and not that there's anything wrong now, but when you have to work with a certain amount of content and hours that need to be like board approved, it's like, it's a lot. And so um, I could be that business owner that's like, yeah, I'm going to run this twice a year and like have it be a signature offer and like make bank. And then when I actually like checked in, I was like, 
No, I actually don't want to do that. I want to leave like space for creativity and like space for other things. So it's like I I do see it as like a year long program moving forward. Mm. Um, and like a, and a part of the year is like a post grad, like wrapped into it as well too. I love it. So with the post grad, what does that consist of? Is like that like the integration support? Yeah. So right mm. now, so this first cohort is February to June, which I'm really excited about. Um, and then I'm actually, I'm going to implement, implement it with them. They just don't know yet. <laughs> um, just as like part of what they've already paid for the program where we'll take the summer off because we'll graduate in June and then come back because that'll be integration, right? Mm-hmm. Summer. And then we'll come back for September, October, November. It'll be optional to them at this point just because they'll just be hearing about it this first cohort. But like two calls a month because it's like you've graduated, you've learned all these tools and I feel like the support is needed even more so after. What do you mm-hmm. do? How do you infuse this into your business? Like you're going to have questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and there may be some things you want to learn a little bit more. So I know that the fall, I'll probably add a couple more calls for them for the support. Oh, I love that. And I think it's so, yeah, it's so beautiful that you're going to offer that. That's an added bonus right there. So, and I know from personal experience, like that would be such an asset for anyone that's going through it. So. Yeah, I was so saying that too. I'm awesome. like, oh, that would have been cool to have. So yeah. Love sense. it. So how have you been incorporating outside of like your business and your certification? How has NLP and subconscious reprogramming played a role in your journey and really like getting you to where you are today? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so many different aspects. So I will share personal first. Um, personal being, I think patience. <laughs> like, I'm typically not a patient person, actually. Um, patience has helped for sh- for sure. And then I had I lost my mom when I was ten, mm-hmm. so it's been 33 years now, actually. And I had a very hard time in my grief journey, like a super hard time, especially in the beginning. I would like push things under the rug and just not like process anything. And we're talking 33 years, but the, I'd say the bulk of my healing actually happened in the past three years because of subconscious reprogramming. Wow. Yeah. Like how I view the situation is very different. There's also elements of it. I did not publicly share until recently. So for example, she had passed in an unexpected car accident, uh, slipped on black ice one night when she was out with a friend. And mm-hmm. my siblings and I have a younger brother, younger sister. We had a babysitter. And so the cops came to the door that night. And the way our house was set up, there was like a balcony that peered over and could see the front door. And so I heard the knock. I heard the doorbell. And so I actually got out of bed and was peering over and heard the conversation. So I was actually like, one of the first ones in the family to hear what happened. I was 10. Oh my goodness. But like didn't process really. Went back to bed. And then when I woke up, my whole family was there. And then I actually heard from my family. And so I didn't share that publicly for like a very long time. And it's funny, even this year, because her um the anniversary of her death was just like two weeks ago. I said on social media, I was like, oh, like today's the day. And my aunt texted me and she's like, no, Julie, it's tomorrow. And I was like, well, I kind of view it as two days because I actually heard 
the first time, like this night, um, because it was like a, a midnight-ish type of thing. It was like a weird time frame. So in like my mind as a child, I want to talk about like how I stored it subconsciously because I hadn't woken up the next day yet. I still viewed it as like the day before. Um, so yeah, that was the first time even this year I even like said that. Wow. It's crazy. Unreal. So was your aunt aware that you heard the night before when the police arrived and shared? Yeah, now she yeah, now she is, yeah. She is aware now. She yeah. she wasn't aware? I, no, no one was for a really long time. Wow. Yeah. Like a real well, you're like 10 and you're mm-hmm. like, it's just like a weird situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, no one knew for a long time. And to be honest, I think I also like suppressed it for a really mm-hmm. long time. So like I didn't even know to talk about it. Right. So that was my next question. So you you mentioned like you've really been able to process it more so than any other time in your life over the last three years. So when you were 10 and you learned this information and you kind of pushed it under the rug, was there any support for you? Like, did, was there anything that you did? Did you go to counseling? Did you go to therapy? Like, yeah, I mean, my family like tried. It just didn't it just didn't work. Um, I feel like anybody should know, like when you seek out a therapist, how hard it is to find someone that you actually vibe with. Oh yeah. And if you're on insurance, like someone who's actually covered under like your insurance as well. Um, no, like we tried when I was younger, but it just wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't for me, but then so that was 10 when it happened. But in my teens, what I found is I used to write a lot. Mm. I used to write a lot. And like, I was convinced I was going to be like a songwriter for uh, artists and like singers back in the day, but I had like journals and journals. So like that was my way at the time to kind of get out some stuff. I mean, it was kind of like dark stuff at the time, but um, the writing. Yeah. So release writing. Yeah. And actually, you know what? I never thought of this until just now. I don't like to personally journal now as an adult. And maybe that's actually why. Hundred percent, right? I like just realized that because everyone's like, "Oh, you should just journal," and I'm like, "I don't really want to journal," oh. and I think that's probably why because that's all I did was write back then. But about like feelings and stuff. That's incredible. That you was that modeled to you by anybody, or was that something that kind of came to you intuitively? Came intuitively. I mean, it was mu- music. So like, mm-hmm. loved music. Um, Aerosmith, my favorite band of all time, has supported me through a very long time. Um, so whenever I get to see them in concert, it's um, like a moving healing experience at the same time. Like they mean like so much to me. Um, but it was like music. And then it was just, I just started writing in journals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. That therapy just didn't work for me. No, I, I, I get that. I totally yeah. get that. So okay. how would it feel for you to kind of come into this new Space with seeing how all the work that you've done subconsciously over the last three years, how would it feel for you to move into the space of opening up that journal and changing the narrative? I mean, I can. I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed, mm-hmm. right? Never say never. I think I would just need to know like the intention of why I'm journaling. Because mm. it doesn't, um, yeah, I don't know. Like it just hasn't done anything for me lately. Mm-hmm. But I got to reframe and change the narrative. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I invite I you to that. lean in. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I know for me personally, I resisted journaling for so long. And then it was just this beautiful way of like, again, release writing, but also being able to clear out the garbage from the subconscious mind and really get yes. back into alignment with, okay, like this is what I'm processing. This is kind of allowing me to see what the truth is over here and how I can detach from any meaning making that I've been, you know, yeah. connecting to, and then coming back to uh, the truth within myself, as opposed to what the external representation was, you know? I love that. I think I would need, so if somebody was like just freestyle journal, that would be really challenging. But if I had questions to journal on, mm -hmm. that would, that would be easier. Yeah. yeah. Love it. So close to it. no. So for the last three years, um, how specifically has NLP and subconscious reprogramming supported you in kind of healing the grief of your mom? Yeah. Um, it almost just like cleared out. Well, here's the thing. And I always share with people, I'm like, it's a never ending process, right? Like we're never going to be done. No. Um, but I, I feel like I was able to let go a lot of the anger mm -hmm. that surrounded it. Um, and it's funny, like I have a picture of her on my desk. So it's like, I, I like look at her every day. I can like have conversations. I'm more open to signs. I was like very closed off before. Um, and I can go on social media and talk about it too, which is healing for me, but also healing for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, th I think a lot of the negative emotions, like anger, sadness, um, I mean, sad, obviously still there, but just like not as bad as it was. Um, yeah, it's definitely helped with that. And then the other component of this was then my, we were living with my dad after, and then my dad kicked me out when I was about 15. And so we had a very rocky relationship, like growing up, like very, very, very rocky. Um, and it was not that I did anything bad, but like we were just both stubborn and we just like butt heads and he couldn't comprehend that. Like I needed a mother figure, like I need my mom, like he couldn't comprehend that. And he was obviously providing like the house over our head and our food and all that. Um, but what I needed was something very, very different that he couldn't, he couldn't give me. Um, so we butt heads a lot. And so we had a very rocky relationship. I'd say like into my twenties rekindled, some things came up in my thirties a little bit, but, um, now it's it's so different. Like we have a great relationship now, and you know, time techniques helped that, like big time, big time, big time. Because I would always hold on to the fact that, like, oh, I was the black sheep of the family, and like all the emotions I had associated to that, and it completely. Um, I feel like I was able to just like forgive and like move on, and like, he just had back surgery in Florida, and I like went to go visit him, and it's just very yeah, it's very different our relationship now. Um, so like personally help with the grief, um, and then helped rekindle my relationship with my dad. So like the, those feelings too, of like anger are just like not as prevalent as they once were. Wow. Oh my goodness. A few things have come up for me through this conversation. One being, I am obsessed with timeline therapy, like time techniques is it's so great. Life-giving. It's mm -hmm. so wild. It's it's honestly just to have the experience within myself time and time and time again, but also to support clients in their own transformation through this incredible therapy is just, it 
it never ceases to amaze me how profound this, this therapy is. So, and when you talk about it, don't you feel like too, when you talk about it, it doesn't do any justice for like what no. actually happens. No, it it's doesn't. so challenging it's to try to explain. It. Yeah. It's you, it's honestly, you have to experience it for yourself, but that is probably hands down. If I had to choose, that's my most favorite therapy mm-hmm. that I implement with my clients. So, um, so if we can backtrack a little bit, so you're 15, Yep. Where, where did you go? Like, how did you support yourself in that? Cause I can, I can only imagine like you lost your mom five years prior to like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my, um, at the t- that time my mom passed, my parents were separated. So my dad had a girlfriend and, um, my mom had a boyfriend. My dad's girlfriend was in the picture ever since they remarried. They're still together. She's wonderful. Um, but at the time, I it's funny. Like, so I got kicked out because I had a boyfriend and I would go to his house after school and do homework and his mom would make us dinner. So I felt like I was getting that mom mm. energy, mm-hmm. um, whereas my stepmom was like standoffish because I mean, that's a hard situation to be in, right? Like you don't want to step on toes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went right to his house after, but then I ended up living with my mom's sister, her older sister, a couple towns away. And she like took me in. Mm. Um, she had to go to court with my dad. She got custody until I was 18. Mm. And uh, yeah, that was a very rocky time because I also wasn't seeing – I saw my sister in school because she was the grade below me, but I didn't I didn't see my brother. Um, yeah, and like my sister – like they both just like viewed me as like a problem child. Mm. Yeah. It was hard. Hence that, you know, idea that you were the black sheep. Is that? Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, And it's funny because it's like that belief like resurfaced in my 30s um, because of something that happened uh, with my dad. And this is an interesting story too because like we had rekindled and he knew my car lease was up and he's like, oh, you know, you've just been doing so amazing at your job. Like I'd love to buy you a new car and I was like okay but what's the catch because I'm like I can buy a car like I'm fine um but I did it and then while we were at the dealership my stepmom brought it up and she's like oh should we tell her what we're gonna do for her instead which was they were gonna pay off my school loans or buy me a car and so like school loans like the bane of my existence would have conversations crying to them I'm like I can't make payments I took their advice and like defaulted on the loan and the government was coming after me in my twenties. Like, um, it was terrible. And so I kept asking them like, like, I'm like, why did you bring that up? And then just through that conversation, it kept evolving. And my dad's like, well, how do you think your brother and sisters like loans got paid for? So he said he like paid for theirs and not mine. So like that came up again for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm the black sheep in my thirties. Um, which was just like hard. Wow. I can only imagine. It's wild how these experiences kind of create this attachment again to the meaning that we create as a result yes. from these experiences, yes. right? Wow. Yes. And, and now so, it's like, I don't think I am the black sheep anymore. I just like my journey was just very different mm-hmm. throughout the aftermath of my mom. Like, mm-hmm. and and I was a little bit more vocal about it um, at times. And so it's like, through subconscious programming, like, do I believe I'm the black sheep? No, I yeah. don't. Um, it's just my journey was just like really different and like what I needed, like mm-hmm. I could get. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I can relate to the loss of a parent. You know, you can never prepare yourself for that. And mm -hmm. I know it's it'll be six years for me in July with the loss of my dad. And every year I think it's going to get easier. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this, you know, it's it's been like this year. I'm like, oh, it's been five years. Like it, it should be fine now. And for anyone listening who's lost a parent, like grief is real. And mm it comes in ebbs and flows. And I know now, like for me personally, I didn't realize because our body keeps the score, right? So when yeah. we experience trauma, our body remembers so it can support mm -hmm. us in the protection, right? And so July, the month of July leading up to my dad's death, like it was very traumatic from not only from what I was supporting my dad with and uh, in his, you know, the palliative care and all that, but also family dynamics. Like there is a lot going on emotionally, energetically, physically, spiritually, all the things. And so now not to set myself up, but it's also great to have the awareness that I actually put in my calendar now, like friendly reminder, be extra gentle with yourself during this time. Friendly reminder, yes. be extra compassionate because we can't assume that poof, it's going to be all of a sudden better year no. after year new no. and having the tools to support ourselves in that space. Like that's been a huge shift for me. It's like, okay, like just mental note, there's a lot going yeah. on for you still behind and the it scenes. Doesn't get, I always like, it doesn't get easier. Mm -mm. It's almost like you just learn to live with it, I guess. But I've found, it's funny. It's like, I find one year, cause like, let's say it was just the anniversary of her death. I'm fine. Like this year I felt okay. But then I always find on the off year, I'm a train wreck <laughs> and it alternates for me. Like my sister was not good this year mm -hmm. and I don't know what causes it, but that's actually like what you said, the reminder, like be gentle with yourself. Mm -hmm. I feel like I should do that because I just don't think and all of a sudden the week or the day creeps up and I'm like, oh, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't schedule like meetings this day. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. It's something that I've implemented and it's been a huge shift for me because, you know, especially like the loss of a parent is like a significant event. But sometimes if we have other experiences that have happened throughout the year and they were very significant and traumatic, like for me, I just schedule it in my calendar, just be like, heads up, this is what's happened. And again, just so there's more self-awareness as to, oh, that's why I felt the need to go back to old tendencies, right? Because mm -hmm. if, if you're not aware, it's like, why is this happening? So yeah. yeah, but I can relate. Like, I remember when my dad passed away, it was like, all these emotions, I was not ta taught how to process emotions. So it was just like, did everything in my power to not feel and to distract mm -hmm. and uh, not really implement what I do today. And so subconscious reprogramming at NLP has really come in ways that I didn't even imagine would happen, but it's, it's wild what happens in the subconscious, right? In the unconscious, it's crazy. Yeah. It's like crazy. the breakthrough day I had in October, it was on my business and what came through as a result from the breakthrough day was hiding. Mm. Right. And it wasn't just hiding in my business. It was like the aspect of hiding in all areas of my life. Mm -hmm. And it was wild when we were doing the timeline therapy, what came up in the piece of anger was 
I was taken back to my dad in palliative care and healing still resentment and anger that I was holding on to during that time that was almost, well, at that point, it was just over five years ago. So this work is legit. It is wild. So powerful. So it's so powerful. And it's, I always go back to like, it's like you can't put into words. And I had a, like a connection call with somebody earlier today and she's like, it sounds like very woo woo. And I'm like, yeah, to most people, it's going to sound woo woo, but there's a lot of data and science to back it up. So hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So, well, Julie, I am so grateful to have you in my life. P.S. Uh, Julie and Marsha and I have decided to create our own mastermind. So it's so great. We connect through Telegram and connect oh, monthly on calls to support each other in our businesses and anything that's coming up through, you know, what we're sharing or what we're offering. So it's so I'm so blessed to have you in my life. And thank Same. you so much for coming on today and sharing your gifts with us and your vulnerabilities. And yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me drop in. Yeah. So before we close, I'm going to share in the show notes how to connect with you on socials as well as learn more about your certification program and anything else that you want to share. Please maybe take a moment right now. And then I'm going to ask you a question before we close. So is there anything else that you are offering right now? How people can work with you, how people can learn from you? Yeah. I'd say if anybody is interested in also learning these tools, right? So that not only that you have a personal transformation, but you can teach them to others. Anchored coaching certification program, that's for you. But then I also have a lot of like digital audio, um, like hypnosis audio bundles to support people in the comfort of their own home if nobody wants to do one-on-one. Obviously, I do one-on-one hypnotherapy programs, but I always think the digital hypnosis audios are where it's at mm-hmm. too. And those are on my website. Amazing. Cool. I will share all that in the, in the show notes. So, so, so stoked. Um, so before we close, if there's somebody out there who just needs to hear a message of, you know, they feel like quitting, they feel like throwing in the towel, whether it's like leaning into grief or perhaps in their business, you can choose whatever you choose to share. But if someone is listening who feels like quitting and giving in and just like giving up, throwing in the towel, what are your words of wisdom to share with them? Ooh. First thing came up for me was um, business because I feel like I hear that a lot. Um, the biggest thing I'll share is like you're not behind mm-hmm. because I think a, a lot of times people think they're behind from seeing what Sally or Roberta or Betty or they're doing on social media and everyone has a very different journey, um, very different growth like spurt or wh- wherever it is. And I always say like you're not behind like you're exactly where you need to be. Um, yeah. And I think it's just staying true to you and what you want to do, not looking at what someone else is doing and thinking, oh, they have the best business model. I'm going to replicate that or, you know, do something similar, but like staying true to you, but like, you're never behind. You're actually on the exact path that you're supposed to be. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah. So true. So true. Well, Julie, you are a gift. You are a light. And I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here and for dropping in.